You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. In the wake of the 2020 killing of 26-year-old Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky, operational procedures by police departments across the country came under intense scrutiny. All too often, the consequences of many police tactics, maneuvers, and procedures that are intended to protect citizens will end up harming those same citizens. In a disproportionate number of instances, this harm affects citizens and communities of color, and in some cases, with the loss of innocent lives. A no-knock warrant is one that allows police to forcefully enter a property without notifying the occupants by ringing the doorbell or knocking on the door. These frequently take place in low-income, high-crime areas often populated by minorities. According to a study published by PBS.org, the use of no-knock warrants has increased substantially over time. By one estimate, there were 1,500 annually in the early 1980s, whereas by 2010, there were 60 to 70,000 no-knock or quick-knock raids, raids where there is 15 to 20 seconds from the knock before forcefully entering, conducted by local police annually, the majority of which were looking for marijuana. These same warrants led to the deaths of high-profile names like Breonna Taylor, and more recently, 22-year-old Amir Locke from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and the imprisonment of a 57-year-old black man from Killeen, Texas named Marvin Guy, as well as many whose names weren't so heavily circulated by mass media. To discuss this further, I have today's guest, Black Information Network anchor Doug Davis with us. This is Our Daily Story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. How you doing, Doug? Um, how are you, sir? Man, so happy to be here. Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get into this. We got a lot to talk about. So first question, what are some examples of scenarios where a no-knock warrant might be used by police? Okay, uh, I'm going to cite a number of uh, current cases that were seen in the media. Most well know about uh, Breonna Taylor, the 26-year-old woman who was fatally shot in her apartment in March of 2020, you know, when white officers from Louisville forced themselves in as part of a drug deal investigation. So that came up empty-handed, technically. Wrong person, wrong time. Situation turned out deadly. The latest case, uh, another good example, Amir Locke. He was shot and killed in a no-knock raid. The guy was asleep when the cops busted in, uh, guns drawn. He possessed a gun legally and was shot and killed. And if he didn't have a gun, we don't know. Maybe he you know, would be alive. But of course, we later found out that the real person uh, the cops were looking for uh, was not there. It was his cousin, 17 years old. He's alive. Uh, so that's one case uh, you could say or an example that might be used by police. You know, they're looking for mainly drugs, like you said before. Uh, I read a report from 2015 that said police nationally conduct about 20,000 no-knock raids a year. Right. And unfortunately, you know, ordinary people have suffered when those warrants go wrong. But uh, the big examples, like I said, are, are drugs. Uh, there could be other instances like, uh, you know, kidnapping, uh, human trafficking. Those uh, are some of the examples that I've noticed that police use for no-knock warrants. Sure, sure. And I'd imagine that the kidnappings, the urgency is probably a little bit higher than than even with drugs. And so I can imagine those being some 
examples. So how about this? What are some of the arguments against the use of no-knock warrants? Well, that's an easy one. Uh, the stories I just mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. officers bucking the system, thinking they're technically above the law in this case, or I should say in the case of Anjanette Young, for example, uh, the city of Chicago accused the sergeant who approved the search of not following the department's rule that was in place. Uh, the next would be the department's not having factual information, as in the case of Amir Locke. The cops suspected that his, I guess, his cousin was in the house. Uh, so they took it upon themselves to get the warrant, bust into his home, and then, you know, we all know what happened after that. All of these situations could have been avoided. So I think there needs to be some accountability measures set in place. You know, these are just the cases that have made major headlines. Just imagine the amount of cases that we may have never heard of. Sure, sure. Now, you know, you mentioned that when this goes wrong, that there's, there's lives and names that we now know as a result of a botched raid or no-knock warrant. And though some people have died, what are some of the arguments used by law enforcement to continually justify this practice? Well, you know, police departments think it's a valuable tool, you know, the element of surprise. They feel that if they can rush in quickly and can avoid a suspect from dumping drugs or getting rid of drugs on the premises or hide someone or get someone out of the house in some way, they feel that that's justified. So most no-knock raids are centered around drugs, like we said, mainly marijuana. Uh, they also feel there's a greater chance of violence. So police departments feel safety is a big concern for themselves as well. Uh, so there are cases of no-knock warrants being issued due to, again, instances of kidnapping, human trafficking, hostage situations, you know, active shooter situations. And some departments uh, use it in emergency circumstances or if there's imminent threat to the community. Very good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Doug Davis is with us today on Our Daily Story, and we're discussing no-knock warrants. So allow me to take you back for this next question. Seven years ago, a no-knock raid warrant was issued in Killeen, Texas for Marvin Guy, which resulted in the death of an officer. The warrant did not uncover any criminal activity, and yet Mr. Guy remains in prison and has yet to receive a trial. Mr. Guy's claim is that he did not know who was breaking into his home and defended himself against that unknown threat. This is a rare glimpse into how these tactics can be very dangerous for police as well. Why hasn't there been much police pushback against no-knock warrants? 
you know, I'm not a police officer, so I can only speculate why to a degree. But again, departments feel uh, the use of no-knock warrants give them an edge over trying to apprehend a what they would consider a dangerous suspect. So uh, it's said that uh, it's not a simple process. The procedure is quite difficult, I understand, depending on local or state laws. Officers have a code of ethics as well. As we all know, police use this uh, safety excuse. And I'm, and I'm kind of curious to know uh, how many officers have died in the line of duty while executing a no-knock warrant in comparison to those that have died. But uh, back to the question, police feel no-knock warrants keep communities safe, but uh, it's important, I guess, for them to, again, get the bad guys off the streets. So I feel they're always going to defend uh, those, those measures that are put in place to protect them. You know, that's um, interesting because there also seem to be lots of measures and arguments that really revolve around protecting the lives of police officers. And so it'll be interesting to see how that continues to unfold. So another question, what are some of the things that we as citizens can do to let our voices be heard and ultimately have an impact on the use of no-knock warrants? Make some noise. You know, peacefully protest. It's part of uh, the fundamental rights that we have as citizens. Since the death of Breonna Taylor, you know, a number of cities across the country either ban no-knock warrants or reform their policies. And so, and it's because people were making noise about it. So press your representatives on a local, state, even a national level, you know, work at putting people in office who feel the same way you do. There's an organization right now uh, called Campaign Zero that launched a big no-knock campaign. In fact, they're in it right now. So let's be honest, police raids impact the Black community greater than any other community in the nation, according to the ACLU. Campaign Zero cited some evidence that proves that most no-knock raids are from fairly low-income drug offenses, uh, and they're executed mainly at night. You know, they break down doors, uh, use flash bombs, stuff like that. So this group is proposing 37 cities and states to pass some legislation. And I think it's really interesting. I read up one of the campaign recommends three key measures as part of its plan. One is to ban no-knock warrants. Two, restrict the way all knock and announce search warrants are issued and executed and to create systems of data collection, transparency and accountability. Uh, and it was interesting. I was watching a video on uh, Roland Martin's show and there was a group member with the city of Minneapolis. Uh, and she just really gave it to uh, the mayor and the chief of police because mm -hmm. they weren't being as transparent as they had said they were going to be from the beginning. And she just blew holes all in their story and was very disappointed because, you know, they failed in their leadership. And sometimes when you're a leader, you have to take accountability for the good and the bad, you know, and she feels that, uh, you know, uh, the department is not being as transparent as they can be with the public, and they're not being accountable for their actions. Doug Davis, thank you for your insight and for taking the time out to talk with us today. I mean, it's a pleasure. It's an important topic. Uh, I really commend you for taking it on and shedding light uh, on no-knock warrants. And, you know, hopefully uh, we'll have some, uh, some resolution soon about, uh, about this. And I see Biden may even be looking at this on a national level as well. Good to know. Good to know. Well, we'll leave you with this. While these stories are very sad, there's a lot we can take away from them. The criminal justice system in this country is vast and complicated, but the small actions we can take to limit deadly outcomes for innocent people is worth our time and energy. 
as we write to our lawmakers, elect officials, and hold conversations in the office or at the dinner table. Let us place ourselves in the shoes of those who can no longer stand and use our voices for those who can no longer speak. In doing this, we may end up making a small change, and that small change may save the life of the next Amir Locke or Breonna Taylor. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.